Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. All right, welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. This is our brand performance podcast. And today our performance conversation is going to be a bit unique. We have a special guest with us and Bill Hirsch is that person. Bill has practiced architecture for over 30 years. Now, as I'm describing this and you're wondering, okay, how can performance have anything to do with architecture? You're going to want to listen into this episode. During this time, Bill has designed hundreds of custom homes in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, Connecticut, and even Hawaii. Although Bill has extensive experience in commercial and residential architecture, he specializes in his passion, which is this custom residential design. He's been doing that for the past 12 years. So Bill likes to say that there is an emotional ingredient in residential design that it's just not in the commercial work. So, you know, I think you're going to find this episode very engaging. And Bill, I just want to welcome you to this uh, episode today. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. So we're going to jump into this. We state that you're an architect, right? And you've got this emotional ingredient. You have just published your first book called The Well-Centered Home. We're talking about living in a pandemic, living, you know, from a home space, performing in our home space. Give us some insight in, um, you know, what you've done and, and why you're doing it today. Well, I have uh, another degree in psychology and I combine that with my degree in architecture. And I've always been quite fascinated with how people react and respond to the architecture around them. And that's intensified in your home, where we spend over 70% of our lives, and these days, quite a bit more than that. And our homes have a profound effect on us emotionally. And that's what I focus on. How do you make your home produce a positive psychological effect on you and become your comforting and recharging space. Yeah, so powerful with that. Okay, so take us into right now, you know, this book, The Well-Centered Home. You know, people are more than ever in their homes dealing with with what we are in in the pandemic. You know, how has that shifted things or what is, you know, what's the best advice you can give somebody today as they're listening to this? Well, I think what you need to do is to uh, reevaluate your home and start looking at how it uh, can provide positive energy for you or can be producing negative energy for you that you're really unaware of. And The Well-Centered Home, uh, my book, is a guide to help you do that. Uh, It begins with a homebody quiz to help you understand more about what your homebody type is and then goes through a number of steps you can do to remove the negative and increase the positive aspects of your home. And as I was sharing before we started today's recording, you know, you have these four home body types and we'll, we'll have you dig into those. But like I said, I thought just from the, the title Nightingale, I just thought that that might be the place I would land, but I, it's not. I landed with my home body type as the Astaire. So tell us about these four home body types. What does it mean? And then share with us how you arrived at these titles for these names. 
Well, I subdivided the home body types into four categories, and then I uh, chose names that would be descriptive, uh, names of uh, well-known people who would uh, embody that home body type themselves. So the Astaire home body type is the more outgoing person, person who needs other people around them, enjoys entertaining, and, uh, and enjoys being the entertainment uh, sometimes too. Nightingale homebody type would be one that would be the nurturer, the comforter, uh, the homebody that would really be attracted to health, healthful living. And then the other two would be Galileo, which would be a more scientifically oriented person who needs to know the, uh, the how of how things work and would be attracted to things that are more geometric and and settled and two and two equals four types of things. And then the Plato would be the fourth homebody type, and that's the uh, philosopher, the contemplative person who uh, doesn't worry so much about how things work, but is interested in why they work. And that's a person who might be more comfortable alone with their thoughts than, say, the austere homebody type, who is more comfortable with other people around them. And the idea of the homebody types is to help you understand more about yourself so that when you do the your centering project on your home to create your well-centered home, you would end up with a home that's customized to you. Uh, there's not one standard answer for everybody. And knowing your homebody type is your guide for getting yours to be tailored for you personally. Mm, okay, so I'm hearing a few different things. Describe and define when you say centered. You know, what does that mean as you're trying to describe it in your best possible way, Bill? Well, you could relate it to uh, what people are striving for when they practice meditation. You know, the world, we deal with the world and it pulls us in all different directions and our stress level goes up and we feel like we're bouncing from one thing to another or short on time. And when people practice meditation, the purpose of that is to draw all those extraneous uh, things back into a centered position so that you de-stress, you become calmer, you become more focused on yourself and your center point. Well, your home can impart that very same effect on you if it's been well-centered. And by doing so, your home can provide you with a lot of the same benefits that meditation does, but it actually does it kind of automatically and in the background. It becomes your comfort place and the place that settles, settles your soul, and therefore it's centered and you're centered in uh, your synchronized centers with your home, and that de-stresses you and puts you in a uh, a better state of mindfulness. So I know that people are listening right now and they're, they're finding this quite fascinating. You know, we're, we're talking about performance and we're, you know, we're talking about um, achievement. That's really kind of the core to our brand. And it's really interesting um, how, okay, so, and, and you know what I'm going to ask you. So you have multiple people in a home, you have partners, spouses, right? Are they generally the same type of homebody? And what happens if they are not? Like, how do you combine those two kind of core types together? I would say they're rarely the same homebody type. So 
that becomes uh, a bit of a challenge in that you have to respect each person's home body type and their own psychological self. And it starts with having individual singular secured places. Where's your spot in the house, your place where when you're there, you're by yourself. Even if it's one chair in the corner of the room, that's your comfort anchor or home base place. And providing that for each individual and then planning things around how you would interact with one other person in the family or the entire group with the family. And think about the spaces in the house, the characteristics of those, and work them so that they, they promote that solitary time, the limited interaction time, and then the group interaction time. And it makes your house be centered for multiple people. Yeah, it's, that's, that's quite fascinating. Okay, so Bill, what type are you? What type of homebody have you found yourself to be? <laughs> well, you know, after I wrote up the quiz, I put it aside for a few months so that I could look at it fresh, hopefully, and not kind of know what the answers are going to be. And I turned out to be a Plato uh, with an Astaire as my secondary homebody type. So I like to interact with people, but more important to me is my time to think about things and understand why uh, things work. And that's, you know, really what my book is, is it's me writing out what I think the process of centering is and why it works and why it, it helps us find mindfulness and centering, which lets us be our best self, of course, when you get into that state of mind. Okay, so I'm curious too, you know, as you go into these custom residential design um, packages with your clients, you know, how do you start the process of defining this? And then how does that, what's the interplay when you're actually completing or having the, the end product? Well, I need to get to know them on a personal basis. So, and you know, actually one thing I've always said is very important is to meet my clients in their current homes, even if the house we're designing for them is going to be considerably different. You know, you can write down all the notes you want about somebody, but to walk in their home, talk to them, interact with them there, it puts everything into perspective and it gives you kind of a benchmark to refer to as you're working out the other design. But I spend a lot of time with my clients just on a personal basis. You know, going out to dinner with them or something is just as valuable as sitting down and taking notes about what they want their house to be. And the more I know them and the more I work with them through the design process, the better their home can be. This is actually my second book, 2008. I had my first book uh, came out. It's called Designing Your Perfect House. And it's precisely about that uh, process of getting your home to be your perfect house. My home, it's my perfect house is gonna be something different. And so that is the next person's. But if we can figure out what your perfect house is, that's uh, what we're trying to do. And by getting to know my clients better, that is where that information gets discovered, let's say. Ooh, thank you for sharing that with us. That's yeah, it's fascinating, and and I love the interplay of you know where you know where you started your first book and then where you know where you've launched today. Okay, so before we move on to the next topic, do you have any tip or pointer? I'm just going to be selfish here. As an Astaire, right on your home body type, is there anything specific, Bill, that you would like to make as a recommendation for me for my home? 
Uh, I would say that you uh, should focus on having a good place for interaction with other people and arrange furniture in a way that promotes that interaction and is non-confrontational. In other words, don't have seating that's directly opposed, one chair facing another chair directly, but more in a, in a more kind of organic arrangement. And then have the ability to, uh, to focus on tension-grabbing items in your home that you might rotate in and out, something that's sparkly and shiny and, and especially attractive with a spotlight on it uh, would be a good thing. And maybe you switch that out seasonally. Those things will give you that sort of spark of contentment and happiness every time you walk by it because they're little, little on the flashy side, mm. which uh, a stairs tend to appreciate that. Doesn't mean you're always the life of the party or you, you get up on the table and dance or anything like that. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> that's right. It may be that other side of you there right. I haven't seen yet. Right. Um, but the whole idea of things being overtly there for your enjoyment matches the uh, austere homebody type. It's just fun to listen to you describe that. So as you know, when you're in that homebody type, you know, as you describe, it totally goes into play with how I have things, you know, laid out and coordinated. And, you know, there's by no question. Yeah, we have those spaces that are definitely happening. Okay, so I'm curious too, you talk about pebbles versus pearls, you know, give us the analogy and how to, you know, what does this really mean when it comes to architecture? Well, the pebbles are things that have negative energy in your home. They are like the pebble in your shoe that you can get accustomed to it. You walk along with the pebble in your shoe and you can still walk, but it's not really right. And when you remove that pebble, you get a sense of happiness because you've removed that irritant. You didn't make your shoe any better, but you removed the negative aspect of it. So things in your home that are irritants, like a door that sticks, light bulbs that are burned out, uh, a, uh, an unfortunate view. You look out your window and there's your garden and there are the trash cans sitting there. Those sorts of things I classify as pebbles and they promote negative energy or they disrupt positive energy and they disrupt your positive feelings about your home. So you first want to remove all of those or remedy all of those that you can identify. The pearls, on the other hand, are positive things. If you think about how a pearl got formed, it was an irritant that got into the oyster shell, piece of sand or something, and the oyster builds a coating on it to make it comfortable for the oyster, and that becomes the pearl. So pearls would be things you add to your home to increase your happiness and increase your pleasure with your home. They might be that focal point piece of art that we were talking about for the Astaire homebody type. It might be that view outside that now you put a water feature there or an ornamental plant. Uh, it might be some new enhanced lighting on a hallway that makes it a gallery for artwork rather than just a passageway to get from one end of the house to the other. So pearls are the, the additive effect. But in a sense, there's not a lot of benefit to putting pearls in your home until you've already taken care of getting the pebbles out. 
So pebbles out is first step. Adding pearls would be the second step. Fascinating. You know, and you, and you talk about like this, the little annoyances, you know, the squeaky window, the, the rip in the screen, you know, those things are all, yeah, we see them. What, what is it about us? We either take action on it or we let it stay there for a while. What, what is that telling us about ourselves? <laughs> well, I guess it is, you know, we all suffer from the same, the same problem. It's easier to overlook those things than to fix them. But uh, my point in, in calling them pebbles is to say, you may think that you're accustomed to this, but it's having a negative effect on you. It is still irritating you, even if you think you've overlooked it. So a big part of centering your home is to first increase your awareness. I call that putting your antenna up so that you now look at your home in a different way and you examine room by room. There are little exercises in the book for how to see your home in a, through a, a better microscope than you might have otherwise and to renew your awareness. So, for instance, sitting in a room and go looking from left to right at each individual item and saying, does this fit? with the other things in in the room or is this a problem or hey i didn't realize that i had dropped that book on the floor and it's been there for two weeks you know that that kind of thing and just sort of removing those items but you've got to be more aware than in your average daily life in order to effectively make these these uh, modifications or improvements. And most of what I talk about in the book involves little or no money. Uh, it's not necessarily about going and redecorating your whole home. It's a matter of reevaluating and fine tuning your home. Yes. Oh, and I'm, I just, I'm really interested in everything that you're sharing, you know, and one of the things you talk about the physical and the spiritual, you know, one of, uh, I'm a very visually driven individual and we have a lake home, right? So it's, it's nestled in the woods and you get to see the water. And I just, I like to refer to it as the divine temple, right? It is just very peaceful and very energizing. So talk to us. I, I mean, and I, I can already tell the minute that I open the door and I walk into that lake home and I, you know, spend time in that space, I feel so much differently than I do when I'm in my home office or, you know, in that, that area. So talk to us about this physical and the spiritual and, and how that plays into, you know, who we are and, and the power that this all brings together. Well, what you describe is exactly the sensation you get from a well-centered home. Uh, one of the foundational principles of the well-centered home is earth grounding. And earth grounding is that connection with nature. There have been uh, numerous studies, medical studies, that show that people recover from illnesses and uh, surgeries uh, faster once they're exposed to a natural environment, even just images of nature improve the recovery time as opposed to being a more institutional uh, type of, of surrounding. So your lake home, every time you look out a window and have the awareness that you're connected with nature, this is laying a very strong foundation for your centering effect. And you can take that same principle and apply it to homes that don't happen to live up beyond a lake and don't have nature nearby by adding images of nature or putting uh, some potted plants uh, in your home. I 
always mention bonsai trees as being these miniature images of nature that require a little bit of maintenance, that there's some benefits to that too, but it gives you a lot more of that earth grounding effect, which is uh, really, really important. Mm. You know, and I even find too that the type of music that I listen to when I'm there is different than what it would be at home, right? It's it's a complete, I mean, it literally is a complete change. And I think that's why I love and enjoy that environment. And like you said, it's a healing place. It's just a very like spiritual place for me personally. So is the recommendations, Bill, that you have when you talk about, you know, building maybe a, a spiritual foundation for others? I mean, take us into that space just a little bit more when you talk about spirituality versus the, the physical sense. Well, there's certainly an energy around us. Being a Plato homebody type, I wonder about this a lot. We know that there's an energy there. We feel it. You describe your feelings in your lake house. Uh, you're getting tuned into those energies. And I could not tell you for sure whether that energy is energy all around us or whether it's energy within us. But either way, the more focused you can make that energy be and the more synchronized with you personally and your inner inner wavelengths and, and energy, the happier you'll be. It, it will be like, uh, you know, plugging your phone charger into uh, an outlet that has electricity or doesn't have electricity. Mm, you know, yeah. it's not going to do you any good if you plug it into a dead outlet, but you've got to find you know, one that's got juice there. And that same thing applies. And, you know, there are hundreds of years old, centuries old uh, philosophies about this, especially in Eastern culture with uh, feng shui and uh, uh, vastu uh, planning, which is uh, a Hindu planning guide, all relating to the home. And we in the Western world don't have as overt an appreciation for the benefits that these energies can impart. And by synchronizing our home with them, we, we create a benefit. With home centering, uh, it's also individualized to you, whereas feng shui is a prescription for every home and every location, uh, place things in this quadrant or that quadrant of different characteristics. But that's not the way uh, home centering works. It relates strongly to the person whose home it is, and not to homes as a uh, one-size-fits-all solution for improving the home. Yeah, and that was, as we were getting to know each other, you know, one of the core questions I had is, you know, how is this different than feng shui? Because I'm very aware of that, right? So, like, you don't ever want to have your back to an entryway or to a door, you know, it just, it's the sense of the flow of the room and the energy um, so tell us real quickly, though, I mean, because you, you do describe it there a bit, but can you go a little bit deeper into someone who's familiar with feng shui versus like what you're describing in that space, Bill? Well, feng shui <clears throat> works uh, the way that you uh, modify your home for feng shui principles is to draw out a bagua map, which is a nine sector like tic-tac-toe board and each sector has uh, certain things that are auspicious or not auspicious in them. So certain colors are supposed to be in certain portions of, of uh, the house, depending where those areas are based on this Bagua map. And you try to not 
uh, have conflict and you try to get things synchronized with what these uh, uh, what the advisories say. But with uh, home centering, that's not the case. You're trying to be consistent one room to the next, but you're trying to synchronize it with you, but with an appreciation for where you are, uh, again, relative to the world around you. Uh, we have, in the book, I have uh, some color palette suggestions, but they're not based on where they are in the home. They're based on your home body type, and they're meant to help people get headed in the right direction for colors that are compatible with the type of home body they are. So the difference is that, uh, that the home, uh, home centering is a lot uh, more customized to the occupant. If you yeah. sold your home to somebody else, they would arrange it differently, but optimally for them. It's not about the building so much as how you put the pieces together and what arrangements they have in terms of focusing the energy. Well, as people are listening to that, Bill, I know that they are definitely going to want to go and find their home body type. So as we're coming into the close, where can we find that? And where can we purchase your book, The Well-Centered Home? Well, we have a website for the book. It's wellcenteredhome.com. And they can uh, learn about the home body types there and learn more about the book. And then the book's available on Amazon, either in an ebook format or a paperback format. So just go to Amazon and type in The Well-Centered Home, and it should uh, pop right up, and you can read a sample of it there as well. This was just awesome. I absolutely enjoyed this topic, and it plays very well into who we are as entrepreneurs and, and how we position ourselves and those alignments. You know, creating, I always like to say that soft place to land. You've eloquently described um, a lot of how we can do that. Even, like you said, talking about the colors that you would recommend in getting started to have that well-centered space. So thank you so much for this rich conversation, Bill. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I hope that. Uh your listeners uh, go and start centering their homes and in, improve their mindfulness and, and happiness. Absolutely. All right. So to learn more about Bill Hirsch, you can simply visit our website at marlohiggins.com, where you can add Bill to your circle of influence, connect to his different resources and purchase his book. Again, thank you for joining us today. We invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for that partnership. If you enjoyed this episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway on our Perform and Get Paid community Facebook page. This is where we'll engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo.